listening to Vicious Cycle, the only comedy podcast about periods. I'm Meg Trowbridge. I'm Meg Hayes. And I'm Kate Elston. We got an exciting show for you today. I have brought in some Bleed Search. Bleed Search. Yay. So exciting. Yeah. Some of you may recall uh, in like the uh, promo to season five that I mentioned <sighs> my crazy ass uterus. Oh. So today... We are learning about special uteruses. Woo-woo. Today's a very special episode of Vicious Cycle. Meg, Can't are wait. you are you gonna come out like, like yeah. with your uterus? Oh my god. Yeah. This is a pretty big deal. Um that's amazing. Yeah. I'm ready for the world to know about this. I am too, Meg. I am I'm, too. We're here I'm ready. for you. I'm owning it. I'm owning me. Um, I don't want to belittle actually coming out, so just like you know, know. It's minor, but um, but it does feel like revealing some sort of yeah. You know, on a podcast uh, about yeah. uteruses, you're about to drop a bomb. I think yeah, you are. Yeah. Before that bomb is dropped, a little birdie told me that we have new Patreon <gasps> who uh, donates the amount it takes to receive a special acrostic poem. Yeah. We have a new super patron. Super. Super That's and what it is. she's a super listener. She's, she's a fan. super in so many ways. Yeah. You may have heard her voice on various phone calls that she has made that we yeah. have played. Her name is Mari. And Mari. This is, her, this is her poem. We love you. Menstrual angel. <laughs> nope, we started again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I set a really high bar last time, so That's go ahead. Yeah, it was hard. Menstrual angel. Radical inspiration. Wow. Uh, that one more time like, for Mari. Please do, because that sounded like a tampon ad. Go ahead. <laughs> Menstrual angel. Radical inspiration. Oh, that was really nice. Wow. You. you know what? I'm going to retract my statement. It sounded like a pat and an, a... Uh, an ad for pads with wings mixed <laughs> mixed with like a Angel. fragrance, a fragrance type of ad. <laughs> a scented pad with wings. Scented pad with wings. Yep. Yep. That was I'd that. wear it. I'd wear it. Well, Mari, we love you so much. We appreciate you. And thank you so much for your donation. Mari, yes. we're so incredibly touched. Every oh time God. we find out that someone follows us on Patreon, we group text and we're yes. so excited. We lose and it. thrilled. Yeah. And this time we were like, oh, it's Mari. Yeah. We know her. We Mari, know her. I Only love- from your voicemails. Yes. <laughs> and I love that you help your grandma go to the OBGYN. Like, Ugh. that was one of my favorite stories yes. of yours. Yes. Love it so much. And you helped us ask a really informative question, which is, like, do you still go to the gynecologist after you go through menopause? And the answer is yes. Yeah. We still have cervixes. Cervixes. And uteruses. Cervices. Yeah. And uteruses. Um, okay. So, Mari, love you. If anyone else out there wants to become a super patron or above, you get your own acrostic too. That's right. So mm. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash forward slash one of the slashes Vicious Cycle Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's so fun. It's such a fun feed. Y'all get in. It get is. on board. There's so much fun content. Um, My favorite is Meg's fugly middle school outfit. And like. That was a good one. Honestly, you should join just for that story alone. Because I think about it a lot. We're always <laughs> going to keep that behind the paywall. Because it, that's how we're going to get new patrons. And I also think of the challenge that Kate and I took. Which is to come up with our fugliest outfits. Right. Ooh. I got to do that stuff. Yeah, I got to think do. about it. I do too. Eventually, I have, I, I have, I have, I have a, a good outfit that I wore to like sixth grade pictures, the sixth grade first dance. Like I wore it to like everything <laughs> that involved pictures. So like all of sixth grade, I'm in the same checkered nice. teal button up. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway. Try and track down the time where I felt like I stepped out of Seventeen magazine. Looking back, I'm like, I did not look like that, but I felt like it. Yes, and I want yes. to find that and show it to you. Great. Love it. Um, but before we go to the amazing bleed search, um, I'd like to play a phone call that we got from a fan. This is from Shadai. Oh, oh sweet. Hello. I am a longtime listener. Uh, my name is Shadai. And I'm just calling to share my story of how I accidentally 
pulled out my oh. IUD while um, pulling out my <gasps> Diva cup, which is, you know, horrible and painful. Oh. And, um, I mean, that's, that's the story, really. I was pulling out my, um, my cup and I just felt a lot of pain all of a sudden. And then it took me like, I don't know, half a second to realize what was happening. And in my panic, I didn't know what to do. So I pushed it back in. (laughs) (laughs) It was super painful and it was late at night because, um, you know, I was just changing for the night. And so I didn't really want to go see a doctor at the moment. So I just went to bed. I was in a lot of pain, had like cramps pain, but like heavy cramps. And then I ended up calling the doctor in the morning and they had me come right away and they pulled it out and they were asking me if I wanted another one. And I'm like, no, I think I'll pass. Um, and, um, that was the end of it. I, I'm using now the, um, implant in my arm, which is pretty cool. Other than that, I really love my IOD. I had it for like six years and, um, but I love my Diva Cup more. So I decided to go with the Diva Cup and find another method so that I don't have to cause that horrible pain to myself anymore. Um, so yeah, that's my story. Um, just be careful. I think what happened was that I pulled the string because you have to pinch it to let go of the suction. And so I think that what, that's what happened, that I pinched the, the, the strings as I was pinching the cup and then pulled down the IUD with it. But who knows? Um, the only thing I know it was that it was excruciatingly painful and horrible and I don't wish it on anyone anyway that's my story thanks for the podcast I love you all oh my god (laughs) that is I should have had like a trigger warning ahead of that that was rough I think my cervix is fully closed now like it's never gonna (laughs) open again that loss is close for business. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That so is... that's what, remember, Dr. Kate said that there is research that shows that menstrual cups have a constant suction and IUDs are at risk of falling out of the cervix, falling yeah. out, being ripped like, out. Yeah. I mean, um, right, because it's either like the suction and like that pressure pulling it or like she said, like depending on how long they leave the strings of the IUD, like and depending on how high you pinch, yes, your you pinch your cup. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is why when I do get my period again, I I decided to not have an IUD because I was like, got it. Yeah, I don't want to be pregnant again, but I really want to use a menstrual cup like that. Yeah. I think it's so, it's still really uncommon. Like I I think there's risk, but I do think it's very rare. But still. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, should I wowzes. Wow. Harrowing. Thank you Thank for you. reporting from the front lines. <laughs> this is the kind of call we live for. Also, like this is the uh, kind of call that will keep me up tonight as yeah. I'm just like That's the sound of my kegels clenching. Yeah. The amount of kegels we've all just done. Also, like like Quentin Karen Tarantino can like kiss our ass. Like that this this is harrowing. Yep. This, like, you guys, cis men want to watch wartime movies. We're at war every month. Every damn month. Holy shit. Okay, so since we're talking about IUDs, I have a short um, IG message that I would like to share about a positive IUD experience. Okay. Oh, a little black and white, a little yin and yang, a little ebony and ivory. Because I know. (laughs) A little cat and mouse. (laughs) Yeah, keep going, Kate. A little, a little north, a little south, <laughs> a little jig, a little jag. Wow, guys, I'm tired. My baby is sick. I'm losing my mind. Have you done improv? Because you should. A little, you mean a little jig, a little jag? <laughs> didn't, didn't <tip> <laughs> okay. Positive IUD experience. I'm on episode 53 and thought I'd tell you. This is from, sorry, this is from a message on Instagram. Yes. 
thought I'd tell you, uh, let you know that it's not all bad. I'm assuming that's our IUD episode. It must, yeah. Uh, I have endometriosis and used to have horrendously bad periods where I would pass out or vomit. The IUD insertion was very painful, not going to lie. I almost passed out. But it was only for a few minutes, and the three years so far have been so worth it. I have had zero periods, and for me, it really is a set-and-forget method. Love the podcast. And then they said that there's the Mirena hormonal IUD, um, and they are writing in all the way from New Zealand. Ooh. I love New Zealand. I know. International That's where I had my honeymoon. Yeah. Mm. So I didn't even think about that, that for people with endo, this could be like life changing for the better. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely research something to look into. Yeah. I know we said this before, but our IUD episode was a lot of like negative. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So So I like to share, I like to share these stories too. Cause even, even the most recent caller we had said the six years with their IUD was amazing. Yeah. It just, you know, it was a hard breakup. Painful. (laughs) sometimes is it better to have loved and lost (laughs) sure right exactly (laughs) all's fair in yeah or intrauterine devices say (laughs) (laughs) meg please save us (laughs) there's a little jig there's a little jag you know it's life (laughs) that's our tagline at the end of the episode (laughs) this were last called that'd be the name of the episode (laughs) I don't think I realized until just now that jig jag isn't a thing. Like you, <laughs> absolutely you meant, nothing. You meant to say zigzag. I don't know what I meant to say. I was, and I was here for jig jag. I was like, yes. right. Yes. That's You're nailing it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Listeners, we're recording oh, at 9 p.m. on a Monday. <laughs> like, we what should is be life? doing this. Um, okay. So um, let's get into Bleed Search, huh? Let's do I'm it. Excited. I'm so excited. I wanted to, I mean, this is a pretty interesting topic. We've dabbled a little bit. Uh, we're going to go. We've jigged, we've jagged. We've jigged and we've jagged <laughs> over the topic. Now we're going to jug it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're gonna jug it straight to the moon baby <laughs> it's, uh, it's gonna be a doozy so special uteruses um is like a euphemism for uterine anomalies um and we uterine freak shows i get it <laughs> yeah. yeah if you will medically that is correct um sorry now i'm suddenly mean <laughs> oh that's great that's really going to come in handy for the end of this episode. I mean, Kate, one is called the bearded lady. So it's weird. It's funny that you should say that. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's start by bringing you back with me. Uh, it's November 2020. I'm seeing a new doctor uh, in continuing the exploration of my fertility issues. Um, I signed on with a, they're called an, and oh no, I always forget the call them Ari's reproductive endocrinologist, I think is what that they're called. That sounds right, yeah. Um, Ari. And uh, you know, did some classic tests. He like was nervous about that cyst on my ovary and thought, why not just get it out? So that's kind of what sparked me getting rid of that cyst, um, which sparked me getting an MRI and the laparoscopic surgery. Um, we ran other tests, including something called a saline intrauterine sonogram or an SIS. Um, and as he's performing it, I kind of warned him because it's similar to an HSG in which they inject liquid into your uterus to get a 3D image of the inside of your uterus to look at like scar tissue and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, by the way, when I had the HSG, like it kind of felt like they pumped some liquid in and then it just immediately shooted out. So I don't know, maybe it, it shoot it, it shooted out. It shooted out, it shot. Um it jugs. Says the jig jag. Right? <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I'll 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 mute. <laughs> oh my god. Um and so I kind of warned him. He's like, okay, no problem. So as this is being performed, the saline goes in. And then it, it quickly starts coming out. 
And he's like, that's fine. That's normal. And I was like, okay. It feels really weird. Because I'm just like ass hanging over a table. It's Dribbling. just falling feet to the floor. <laughs> and really? Is it like when you do like a nasal spray and like yeah. it goes up your nose and then comes immediately out? Yes. <laughs> Except for I've never had that successful. I've got weird ass sinuses, but the saline wash in the ute, in and out, baby. Um, so ass hanging out really is what pap smears are like. And oh I feel God. like no one has ever said it so perfectly. Thank you. Ass hanging down out. Pure poetry. Oh my God. <laughs> so, continue. so it's dribbling out of me. And uh, and then he takes the images he needs to take, and then he's like looking at them while my legs are still up in the stirrups, and he asks me, "Have you ever heard of a unicornuate uterus?" I went, "No." <laughs> uh, and now let's cut to like the opening sequence of informative yet dramatic TLC show. What are uterine anomalies? So I'm going to talk about how and when this happens. Uterine anomalies occur when you are developing in in your parents' uterus. So when a fetus is forming its own uterus, there are these things called malarian ducts. There are two of them. And they form the fallopian tubes. They meet in the middle to fuse to form the uterus, the cervix, and the top of the vagina. So that's the process in growing a uterus as you are developing as a fetus. So a uterine anomaly, which all occur in, in utero, um, otherwise known as a congenital defect. Um, they never call it defect though, I guess anomaly, um, is when there's some sort of miscommunication between those malarian ducts and they, don't form the way they should. So that is. So that's kind of like what we we heard about that when we talked way back in season one about when people have two vaginas and two cervixes sometimes, right? Like that's two when that uterus, uteruses, or two vaginas, uterus de Delphis. Oh yes, also two vaginas. So gotcha. yes, so I think okay. in this, I I think the top of the vagina is related to malarian ducts. Okay. But I think the rest of the vaginal canal uh, is formed separately and they meet. Gotcha. Um, so, but I, I do think there is correlation. Like, I think if someone's born with two vaginas, depending on where, like it might be the top of the vagina. Ooh, um, weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, stats, just a quick stat. Um, about 6.7% of the general population of uterus havers have a uterine anomaly. Um, so it's not common, but it's not like, you know, it's oh, not oh, that oh. crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and it was, you said it was six point what? 6.7. So we can round up to seven if you want. Yeah, Is that what you're it. going for? Yeah. Right. I want to jig right up to seven. <laughs> all right. But don't jack. All right. It's not eight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So nearly 7% of uterus havers have a uterine anomaly. And some of the anomalies are more common than others. So let's get into it. What are the various uterine anomalies? <clears throat> I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of basically just doing our own music. I kind of like the idea of it being like, what name those anomalies? Okay, so I'm just, Gonna go in no particular order, but I'm leaving mine for last. So, okay. I'm I'm zigging up what you're zagging down, Meg. Thank you, but I prefer if you jagged me. <laughs> oh yeah, crap! I said. <laughs> <laughs> I killed the joke. Oh, I wonder. It. I wonder how long it's gonna be funny to everyone else. We're gonna think it's funny all night. Um. <laughs> so okay. First, and I love how this is like not a hilarious topic, and we're just like, lol. Okay. But it's not like dark. Yeah, it's not. It's very, I think it's interesting. Um, okay. So, first uterine anomaly I'll cover is called malarian agenesis. It looks like agenesis um, or absence of a uterus. So, this oh. is when the ducts fail to develop um, altogether and um, 
it also can affect the top part of the vagina. So there's been very little research done on this condition and they think it affects one in 5,000 people with a uterus. And it's also known as mayer rokitansky kuster hauser syndrome, AKA MRKH. Got it. So we've talked about this a couple times and there's like, it is really rare and it involves like interesting sometimes reconstruction and can you name that name again? Is that someone's name? It's four people's names. Okay. Uh, Mayor Rakitansky Kuster Hauser syndrome. That's the last one. Sounds like you were like just making it up. Hauser. Hauser. <laughs> Hauser. Hauser. Dare you? Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the first one, and that's I think kind of the most severe, where you're born without a uterus and usually like the top part of your vagina, so like and no cervix, you know. So it's. Oh, quite, wow. has quite no an cervix? impact on you. Yeah. Um, so with that okay. person, that person would not have a cycle at all, I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. So they, uh, edemiosis, is that, or, oh, I always forget the name for like no, no period. Amenorrhea? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like first as opposed to second. Do, the, do these people, Got do you know it. if they have ovaries? I think they do. So I they think, might still get the hormones from the ovaries. Yes, but they wouldn't have, I don't think they have a way to, like, I don't think they have any place to grow endometrial tissue. Interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, because the ovaries develop independently. Um, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay, anomaly number two. You may be familiar, season one listeners, uterus didelphus. Didelphus. That means two. Um, so we learned about this in season one with our friend and guest, Nick Sommerfeld. Um, they were born with two uteri. Uh, and how this happens is the malarian ducts start growing and they start developing a uterus, but they never fuse. So they just form two full uteruses uh, next to each other and also two cervix and sometimes two tops of the vagina. I just want to flash back well, to that episode. Do you remember when we were like, we live Googled this <laughs> and we found a Wikipedia page that also led us to a page about two double headed penises. <laughs> oh, we, wow. What a rabbit hole. What uh, a rabbit hole that happened live on tape. <laughs> remember when we were so young then we were so dumb. <laughs> we were so young then so dumb then. Um, so yeah, and so they believe uh, uterus adelphus is also pretty rare. It affects about one in 3,000 uterus havers. Next anomaly is called septated uterus or septate, septate, um, septated uterus. Does this mean seven uteruses? <laughs> it's insane. Um, so no, it means that the malarian ducts diffused, met up, developed a full uterus, but um, they also... Uh, continued developing inside the uterus and formed a wall. So it like builds a wall into this one complete uterus. Um, This is the most common uterine anomaly. Um, Mm. And it can be really subtle. It can just be at the top of the uterus um, and doesn't impact fertility as much. Or it can be long and um, sometimes, but it can be fixed with surgery. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it can actually go all the way down and separate the cervix and part of the vagina, but without causing it to be two separate cervixes. So it like, it almost just like interferes with the cervix, I think, but like it's different from Didelphus and that they're not two separate organs. Next up in the anomaly list, we got bicornuate uterus, um, AKA a uterus with two horns, which means the malarian ducts didn't fuse at the top where they kind of start forming the uterus, Um, but they did fuse at the bottom. And so it leaves the uterus in a heart-shaped position. So it it just started meeting lower. And so, yeah, it kind of looks like a heart shape or as one of my besties with this anomaly describes it, uh, her uterus is shaped like upside down sweatpants. Oh. And when you go to 
the Wikipedia page about uterine anomalies, they have a picture of a bicornuate uterus, and you're like, that looks insane, and it does look like upside down sweatpants. What? So I think there's like different. I don't think the right word is severities, but there's there's sometimes the bicornuate only dips, and sometimes it nearly grows all the way down to the cervix. You know, so oh, so sometimes it is like the legs of sweatpants. Other times it's like the legs yeah, are together. Yeah, just a dip. Yeah. Okay. Like hammer pants. Like hammer say, pants. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hammer pants v jeggings. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think Dr. Kate would back us up. I think that is <laughs> medically perfect. Um, also, a fun fact about bicornuate uterus um, is that if uh, the person with a bicornuate uterus chooses to use a copper IUD, they would need one in each horn, which is crazy but i think and i'm not totally sure why because the article didn't explain why i think it's because since it's non-hormonal uh i think the egg and sperm need to interact with the copper coil because it causes like a a reaction yes. that's toxic yes and so if there's like a wall protecting that side where the egg might be coming and where the sperm can meet it it could potentially still Impregnate. Yeah, yeah, or fertilize. Whoa. Interesting. That's so fascinating. Isn't that crazy? Two yeah. IUDs? No, thank you. I mean, so, it seems like a lot. I mean, I think you'll talk about this, but I would imagine that in some of these cases, especially if you're talking like jegging uterus, it might be hard to get pregnant. Yes. But I'm sure you still want to prevent it from happening because it yes. would be super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Meg, uh, where do the fallopian tubes meet in a bicornuate uterus? Still at the top? Are they at the ankles or are they at the... <laughs> They're yeah, at the I ankles. Know, right? okay. And they... So, yeah. So, they'll always be connected to, like, the same part of of where the uterus should be. And then it's up to, like, whether the top wall of the uterus meets, like, straight across or whether it dips. Because, like, with a septate, it meets straight across. The uterus wall meets straight across. But there's extra um, tissue that grows inside it where the bicornuate it forms like this, but the fallopian tubes are still on the outside, like are where they where they should be. Typically, the fallopian tubes form somewhat naturally, and then it's when it develops the uterus is where it gets wonky. Vicious, vicious, vicious. Finally, as far as I can tell, the last anomaly is a unicornuate uterus. You, you. AKA how I learned to stop worrying and love my crazy ass uterus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this affects about one in four uterus havers. It's like Whoa. the most. One in four? One in four? Oh, no, no, one in 4,000. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. That's insane. But, wow, four, <laughs> also 4,000. Yeah. You're one in a 4,000. I'm one in 4,000. Um, I tried to write that song. That That's all I got. That was okay, all there was. Um, also, one in four is hilarious. That you said one in four. <laughs> Super rare. It's like 25%. Yeah. Um, this affects one in 4,000 uterus havers. Um, and if you're tipped off by the bicornuate uterus, now knowing that that means two-horned, then you may have put together that unicornuate means a one-horned uterus. So what that means is that when the fetus formed, the malarian ducts, one stopped developing. And so uh, there are a couple variations for unicornuate uterus. There's the one in which one malarian duct just didn't develop. And so there's only one half of a uterus. Um, and like when you look at images of it, uh, the uterine cavity kind of looks like a, like a kidney or like a bean. Um, where usually the uterine cavity is kind of like almost menstrual cup shaped. Um, and so that's just called the one horn uh, unicornuate. Then there are two types of, technically there's three types of rudimentary horn unicornuate uteruses. Uh, one is non-communicating, which means that the non-functioning malarian duct formed part of either the fallopian tube and it fused to the uterus. It just didn't continue developing into a uterus. Um, or it started trying to form part of the uterus, but it closed up while fusing. 
So a non-communicating horn means that there's the fallopian tube and maybe even some uterine cavity, but there's a blockage oh. between the so part of like the uterus the, that has the, a surface. The, the slip and slide is closed off. It's closed. There's one slip and slide that's active. Yeah, go to the other slip and slide, kids. And then there's the other slip and slide that the neighbor kid set up that runs into a rock. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to ride that one. Don't, wanna, don't get on that don't one. Don't get on it. It will hurt. Um, it's so a prank. It's a, it's a dirty you, prank. They're filming you for America's Funny Home Videos. <laughs> You're going to look like a fool. In front of Bob Saget. <laughs> I wish I remembered the American. Oh. The, um, Stories from the friends next door. They never told. You can be a star tonight. <laughs> you know. Let that camera roll. Whoa. It's a non communicating horn. <laughs> Don't get on that slide, America. 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 This is you. Oh. <laughs> oh exactly right. So that's non communicating. <laughs> got it. Listen, I got it. Um, well, a communicating horn uh, is one where the non-functioning malarian duct tried its best um, and did manage to fuse to the functioning horn and there's like space. It, there, it connects. So the, technically you could have your egg come from that side, that ovary, get fertilized and make it to your functioning horn that is then connected to your cervix so like when you say horn you mean uterus right yes but Just now it's like uterus yes yeah but it's weird because it's like now there's i guess yeah sure so there's your your small uterus and then there's the rudimentary horn but but they call it rudimentary horn because you the one horn is is the functioning one so do you know which horn you have? In fact, I do. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, let me see if there's anything else I need to tell and you about. And remind me, do we, when we uh, ovulate, does it always go one side, the other side, one side, the other side, or is it random? It it doesn't go one to the other uh, predictably, and I only know that thanks to Lola's Instagram account. Great. I think I remember Dr. Kate saying that too. Like yeah. It's not always left, right, left, right. I think yeah. I asked her because of Lola, and I still only remember the Instagram post. Cool. I think Feeling I also, I, our buddy Imani had an ectopic pregnancy, mm. and I feel like in her story, I remember hearing that as well. Uh-huh. Because it's not like, oh, great, every other cycle like we can try or whatever. It's, right. It's yes. It's not really like that. Right. Um, okay. So the other thing to know about unicornuate uterus is that if you have a non-communicating rudimentary horn um, that has like kind of part of a uterus cavity and it, it sometimes will develop endometrial tissue in there, Ooh. but it doesn't have any place to escape. Ooh. So it hurts. Ooh, like so it can hurt really bad. Ooh. And so... Um, so that's how a lot of people discover they even have a unicorn uterus is because wow. they go in for abdomen pain, oh. abdominal and it's pain. And it's not a cyst and it's not a yeah. appendix and it's, oh my gosh. And so then eventually I think they can get it removed. Like they just fully remove the rudimentary horn and maybe Got it. part of that fallopian tube. Kind of like endometriosis, even though it's growing where it's supposed to, but it can't escape. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Um, luckily that I did not experience that. Thank God. Um. So that's the list. Lots of people don't know they have a uterine anomaly, um, even after ultrasounds for other issues like cysts, hi, um, or ectopic pregnancies. Oh, hello. Hi. It's often discovered after an issue with heavy periods, pain in the abdomen, or infertility issues like recurrent uh, pregnancy loss. Um, so now, like, if this were a TV show, then we'd, like, cut back to me in March learning. My doctor asking me, so... Have you ever heard of a unicorn new uterus? He'd be asking in slow motion. Also, like, what? Like, of course you haven't heard of a unicorn new uterus. It one in 4,000 4, people 000 get people. it. I mean, of all of his patients, you do have this podcast. Exactly. So maybe and that's he why he asked. And podcast, yeah. But I was like, what are the odds that you would be like, right. yes, actually. Of course. Oh, me? <laughs> um, right. So I'm back. It's March. 
I've just been told I have a unicorn uterus. Uh, he's, you know, confirmed that like this doesn't have to change anything. Um, lots of people don't, lots of people have a uterine anomaly and never know. And lots of, like, some people only discover after they've gotten pregnant or after they've given birth. Like, it's just, you know, it doesn't, like, you can still carry children unless it's, like, a severe case. Um, And so, so, yeah. So, it's it's so often undiagnosed. And that's why even the stats of, like, how common it is is still unknown. That actually kind of really bugs me, though, that you, like, you... We're someone who, I know, we, maybe we'll talk about this later too, but like you went through so much, like an MRI and the thing and transvaginal ultrasounds and da 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 da, and they still didn't even notice until. So, what was it the thing that made them notice your unicorn you So, I think traditionally the HSG would have found this. Um, and you had a troubling, like you had a trouble getting the HSG to. Yeah. Okay. So, they had to try the HSG three times on me. Each time it popped out and they couldn't get images. So they called that inconclusive, which means they couldn't identify infertility reasons. And I was supposed to get another test that definitely would have found this. Um, But everything was put on hold because of pandemic. Um, So uh, then I sit and wait. And then in November, I talked to Dr. Kate. She's just like a really sweet person and good friend. Um, And she's like, well, I don't think the world's going to like totally open up again. But you can definitely talk to doctors about this started this process. Um, and, uh, I walk out of that office after getting, and what discovered it was like how we discovered it was the saline intrauterine sonogram, um, which typically isn't like, I'm sure plenty of people discover an anomaly using that. I think it's sometimes discovered earlier than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd had so many ultrasounds at that point. And you had had an ectopic pregnancy. Like yes. no one thought to go, huh, what was this? I and an MRI why. that probably worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, that- funny you should mention it. Um, so, so yeah. So after the HSG, which, which the person frustrating, like who was frustrated in that it wasn't working was like, this Ugh. probably means your tubes are blocked. And I was like, <laughs> Such an asshole. Oh my um, God. Uh, left me with so many questions. Like, um, you know, were my tubes blocked and I have a unicorn uterus? Like, mm. it, do I have like double the pleasure, double the fun? Um, That's like and, me and my GERD and IBS. I mean, come on. How That's many... like me and Jig and Jen. <laughs> I mean, how are any of us standing at this point? <laughs> that's like. By Kate... the way, that's the end of that. We're done. With We're that. done now. That's For like sure. Kate and... Unless there's one more. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Kate and her hemorrhoid and C-section. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> that's real. That was too Don't real. Don't summon it, Meg. <laughs> It can hear you. It's yeah. only if we say it five times in a row. In front of a mirror. And look oh, at God. a toilet. Like a wishing well. <laughs> Don't tempt fate, y'all. So, so, so I had questions. Um, yeah. Like, I had laparoscopic surgery to remove that cyst. And I had a picture of what looks like a normal uterus from that surgery. Hello. I even showed it to Dr. Kate. Hi, I love you, Dr. Kate. And she agreed that it did not have a unicornuate appearance in that photo. And I should get some answers via an MRI. An MRI I had performed in December for my cyst. Thanks, Gerhardt. <laughs> and here's what the MRI informed me. Because I, I can't remember if I already talked about this. I had to fucking like run down i had to go there they had originally told me i had to bring a flash drive or my own cd to burn the images for the on. mri results yes so stupid do you have a floppy disk yeah it was insane um but luckily i then i called the person again and i was like i don't have a flash drive they're like we burn the disk for you i was like with your own disk they're like yes i was like i was talking to a high person last time <laughs> and i'm mad about it <laughs> so um so i go down there i fetch the CD that it takes them about 10 minutes to burn it. But they were like, Oh, do you want to read your report? while well, we print it. And I was like, yeah, like I could have had a report this whole time that like talked about what they found. So in, in that, while I'm waiting, I learn certain things about myself, including I have something called degenerative desk disc. 
Oh, with your lower back? Yeah. So my lower back is degenerating. Oh, Um, I think my mom has that. And it's it's common and there's things like it's good. I know now to like and I think it's common. Has that affected your your knees, Meg? I think it's my flat feet. It's my flat feet and wide hips. I mean, not everyone's so lucky as you, Meg. Hey, man, just like big old hips and big flat feet. <laughs> I'm a damn ingenue. Um, so here's what I read in the report uh, as they were burning my disc. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I quote, the uterus is antiverted with a left unicornuate appearance and non-communicating rudimentary horn. Non-communicating. Okay, so you have a slip and slide with a with the a rock, end. yeah, <laughs> with a big old rock boulder. Um, so, question, oh. yeah, okay, maybe you're getting there. Can sperm reach? So I think since it's non-communicating, I don't think so. Nothing's in, nothing's out. So yeah. that's not what your where your ectopic occurred. I think so. Okay, but I think I wonder if I could get my oh, RH. Yeah, to that's like, a good cue. That was gonna yeah. be my question. Because oh, sure it was, Meg. <laughs> I was going to ask about your ectopic if it was in your communicating one. Right. And so I think uh, it it is common with unicornuate uteruses. You have higher risk of ectopic pregnancy. Um, And Meg, is that because it typically happens in the non-communicating horn? I think that's part of it. I think people with that type of unicornuate are at higher risk for that because it can easily get trapped and not make it over. Um, but, but, can, but can sperm get there? As, as long as it's communicating. I think my oh. non-communicating, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> um, we are not communicating. okay? We have never. We've shut the Lose doors my number. of the mailbox. <laughs> we are shunned. Shunned. You are shunned. Um, so, so I'm not totally sure uh, if... Also, the ectopic pregnancy was a fluke or if because the HSG was like if I have a blocked tube on the other side. Yeah. You know, and whether that was caused by the ectopic pregnancy or whether the ectopic pregnancy happened because it was blocked. Like, Meg, I just want to let you know that if Jesus Christ himself came down (laughs) to earth right now and said, Kate Alexandra Elston. I will answer any question in uh, the universe. I would go, what caused Meg's ectopic pregnancy? What's going on in that I want to know. <laughs> I want to know for now and forever. Why? Because no doctor ever gave her answers and she I deserves know. them. Yeah. It's Thank like you, Jesus. It's like go on your way. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, Thank you, Jesus. So, Meg, we still are unclear if you have a blocked tube on your communicating side. Yes motherfucker how yeah. can they can they figure this out for you can dr dan like figure that shit out maybe you know i should ask maybe i can ask him i just texted him tonight being like hey can you remind me is it communicating or not communicating um and he got back to me right away you guys he's so great he's, dr. Communicative. Oh. he's so communicative yes. for a rudimentary horn um but uh maybe i can ask him if he saw in the interviewed the SIS whether they can tell like if like the saline should be going through the fallopian tube or if it doesn't if it can't right. catch that because it's mm-hmm. a different it's a whole oh. different process Got it. but I don't know like I mean at this point I don't know it would be um supplemental to find out sure and I'll get to that soon um so in my notes doc so, like, what does this mean for me, Koblos Meg Trowbridge? Uh, well, I can still get pregnant. My RE was like, you know, you got half a uterus, but people still have babies with this kind of uterus. Um, and Kevin and I are moving forward with that. We are pursuing IVF, which is why trying to figure out what's up with my other fallopian tube at this point would be moot since we're like, yeah, let's just it. skip the fallopian tube. That's why I just want to ask Jesus. We yes. need to bring Dr. Dan right. into this. Which seems easier in the end, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so if I do manage to get prego, I will be a high-risk pregnancy. Fancy. And may need a, right? I may need a cerclage, which is that little stitch that closes the cervix. 
Um, of which there are videos on YouTube in case you want to watch. I'm good. Um, <laughs> and then it would be very likely to be a C-section birth because usually those babies hang out breech like almost the whole oh. pregnancy. Um, and I'd be very likely for an early term birth. Like, uh, like I follow now a couple people with the same uterus. One just had her baby at 32 weeks. Baby spent a month in NICU. Uh, she's home now and she's really cute and she's making her poses all sorts of weird stuff and I'm like and this might be where I stop following you <laughs> and this is where we end I'm glad friendship. your baby's here um, but for now taking it easy uh, you know taking our time um, and staying positive and you'll see just how positive I'm staying um, in this quiz I made ooh um, it's I, I it, it's short so this, I believe, should be a Patreon bonus content because it's so visual. Okay. Mm. Um, then for, consider yourself um, kept out of this fun if you're not a patron. So. Consider yourself on the slip and slide that goes into the rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is only for patrons. All right. Okay. Don't you wish you knew what we talked about? And I got it was we, really funny. Our, we laughed. We talked you about all of you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Meg, I can't believe you told. Oh my, oh my god. god. It maybe was nice. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, y'all, that is my research. Wow. So wow, how Meg. do you feel like after all this? Like So I when I because te- I think I immediately texted you both as I left the doctor's appointment back in March being like, Haha, guess what? This is going to be talked about in the season. And then I got myself a burger and a shake and I Googled unicorn at uterus and like the first 15 things that pop up are like, can you get pregnant with this? And I was like, Ugh. even though my doctor had just like said yes and let's keep trying. Um, but yeah, it, it like there was definitely the like, how come I'm learning this now when like I've gone through so much shit, I've had so many pokes and prods. Um, but then it like kind of helped me come to peace with the, the failed HSG with, you know, like the, the reason for fertility in the first place. Like it felt like an answer finally when I, for a long time was maybe blaming myself for IUD business and, you know, like, and also like, I still need to ask someone, is an IUD still the right choice for a unicorn uterus? I know? was going to ask, like, because mm. you had such a tr- trouble with the IUD. Do yeah. you think that had anything to do with this? I, you know, no clue. Ask, that's another question for Jesus when he yes. goes down. I appreciate it. And he gives me two, two questions, mysteries of the world. I, I hope he you... gives you three wishes and you spend <laughs> the first two asking for those answers and then the third for more wishes. <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now and like, it helps that it's like rare. So you feel really special. Um, oh, cause on top of that, it's, uh, uh, the non communicating horn, uh, 22% of people with unicorn uteruses have it. So do that math. I'm so is that the most? Unique. Is that the most of all the? So the most common is the the just one horn, gotcha. no rudimentary horn, and then second most common is a rudimentary horn but no cavity, and then third most common is non communicating, and then the most rare ten percent of people have the communicating weird ass shaped. Gotcha. Yeah. Fascinating. It's crazy. It crazy well i i like of all the the shit that you've been had thrown at you i feel that this is it sucks that this is something you learned like kind of late down the road but i i like i'm, I'm stoked that you now know about it and yeah. um information and that you're handling and then you get to like you know now you get there's a an outlet for us to talk about it and discuss it and it's cool that you also found a community of people online yeah i and and it's funny because we've known quite a few people who you know have found solace uh after going through miscarriage or going through ivf you know there's these like really uh active online communities you can join and like get conversations going and I like, there's a group on Facebook of unicornuate uterus people who are trying to get pregnant or who are pregnant or have had kids. 
Um, and that's comforting, you know, just to see like what their journey is. Um, but it's funny cause I was like, yeah, I'm going to like tune in and I'm just not someone who like I tried participating and I don't get the same comfort, you know? And I'm like, I think that's, and I, one, it's probably because I have this podcast and I'm like, I'm just going to save it for the pod. Um, but you. for anyone out there who is like, I have this or I have one of those anomalies and it's felt lonely, like there's probably a Facebook group. There's absolutely a an Instagram hashtag. Um, you can definitely like find other people who are going through the same stuff and it can probably answer some questions um, and you can connect with people if you're feeling lonely about it. Oh, Meg, that was fascinating. I'm so glad to know about this. Because I also, since we've known you've been doing this research, I've been like holding off asking more questions about it. Because I'm like, save it. Save it for the podcast. I mean, isn't it outrageous that on a whim, we started a podcast basically about uteruses, uteri, if you will. And then one of us ended up having like a really weird uterus. Yeah. That's insane. And, and that's how I texted like, Dr. Kate. I was like, huh, isn't this weird? And she's like, let's get on a call. <laughs> it was really nice. <laughs> and remember, Dr. Kate said that all the weird things happen to doctors, and we are to podcast Yeah, podcast doctors. doctors. Yeah. yeah. With the three of us combined, we are a pre-med considering student. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, a resident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're considering studying biology yes. in yes. college. Yes. Between yes. the three of us. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, but we're also considering performing arts. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad are not too happy. <laughs> They're really crossing their fingers. <sighs> well, thank you, Meg. Thanks, hey. Mikey. Thanks for that hard bleed search. And every time I look at a unicorn, I'll think of you. Thanks. Oh, you guys, the first time like I texted the gals, and then Meg and I met up for beers, and she got me a unicorn bouquet. Sweet. It was so sweet. I bet I still have a picture that we can post on the Instagram. Oh, that's really nice. That's really sweet. And Kate was also nice about it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Next time I see you, I'll get you a unicorn frappuccino. Sounds so gross, but I'll take it. (laughs) I can never win in this group of friends. (laughs) Okay, Buffalo Bill. That was the previous voice. (laughs) Put the lotion on its skin. I can never win in this group. God. That was terrifying. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I love God. you both. Thank you so much for being my friend. Love you. I love you. Read my labias. Read my labias. Read my labias. Read my labias. Nailed it. Wow, we just did a really good job. Nailed it. <laughs> I thought you were going to end with put the lotion in the breast. <laughs> <laughs> it gets oh my the God. Again. Okay, read my labias. Men who are Period. so. <laughs> Men. Men. End of rant. <laughs> Men who are so insecure and feel such inferiority that they feel the need to shit on women's sports. Amen. Mm. Okay. Say that. A member of my it. a member of my family was over when I was home to celebrate my aunt's birthday. And I wasn't really paying attention and then all I heard was him talking about how our the US women's national soccer team mm. got beat by a 15 and under boys team. Kate. Okay. No, Go ahead. Hold please. on. Please. I know. Because this is what I was going to say. Every time the women's national team comes up on a Reddit thread, like I, you know, I subscribe to like the soccer subreddit. Someone always brings up that. And I'm not even sure that it happened. And like, but without fail, mm-hmm. every time someone mentions like, oh, you know, Abby Wambach is the lead, leading scorer internationally of all soccer players or like, Whatever it is, or like, yay, the women won the World Cup. It's like, yeah, but one time, the <laughs> under 15 boys team beat them. And I'm like, maybe that's true because actually, men, biological men and women actually are built differently. So that's not that crazy. But no one said that because the woman won a fucking World Cup, it means that all men are, don't have dicks. I right. don't know yeah. what they, what, what, what is that? A, why are you threatened right now? 
Yeah. Why are you actually threatened by success? It's so ridiculous. So apparently it did happen. They were preparing for a friendlies game. Uh, and I, I guess like there literally needed to be an article written about this because people were so fucking up in arms, <laughs> which just goes to show that people, that men feel so threatened, cis men specifically feel so threatened by women's sports that they are fucking Google alerting their shit <sighs> to like prove that we are somehow inferior, but it was like a friendlies game. They were not going all out because they were playing like in a couple of days like they, teenagers they were like there were like multiple reasons why they were like this isn't actually not a big fucking deal like this yeah. is no cause for alarm and then I heard this family member of mine use the term like genetics like it's just genetics and some but but I was like I'm uh I'm exiting out that of family here's the question here's the thing that I don't know much about the <sighs> the battle of the sexes, the Billie Jean King uh-huh. thing, mm-hmm. but w- didn't she beat the guy? Yeah, right? she, she did. did. And then, but then people were like, "Oh, well, he, he was he was old, uh, giving it his all." And yeah. Like, okay, make up your mind. Then. Yes, like, right. Is it, like, because honestly, the whole idea that like, like I it, when I played soccer in high school. And, and younger, we would often scrimmage like the boys team or like the other, you know, the team. And like, they always beat us. Like they mm. did. Like boys are faster than girls at that age. And like, it, it's not that weird to me that like, that like, you know, like it's a difference. It's, it's kind of like two different sports. It's like you're playing yeah. two different sports mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And preteens also have like probably a crazy amount of speed and energy and right. like, and it's not and that, again, so it's not that, so it's not that for, it's not that alarming to me. Like it's yeah. not that the women are playing the men ever. <laughs> like it, that's not they're different. They they live in different worlds. Mm-hmm. You can like both. You can watch both. They do, actually don't. One doesn't negate the other. Yeah. Yes, and like first of all, fifteen and unders isn't that far off from people that are in the Olympics. There are seventeen and oh, eighteen yeah. year old soccer players in the Olympics, yeah. and again, they weren't going one hundred percent because they didn't want to injure themselves in a scrimmage against teenagers. Yeah, and also I don't care. Fuck off! I don't yeah. care either. Like, it doesn't. And, and honestly, if all the men all the time beat women, I don't care. I'm watching women's soccer. I'm not yeah. watching men's no, soccer. No, because men's soccer they flop like idiots, and also. It doesn't prove that men are stronger. It's just like, and I know we're talking like biological, like we're talking very binary, but like one, think about who created the sport and like what, Mm. uh, what like characteristics show superiority in that sport. Okay. Well, like dudes came up with that sport. And like, if we're talking gymnastics, I'm pretty sure like biological women or people who play who are on our women's gymnasts will probably kick ass they probably wipe the floor with male gymnasts because yeah. we're we're more flexible or we but honestly I, I don't care like that's the thing I still don't care like right it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter if 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 you put a like Michael Phelps versus Katie Ledecky in a swimming pool I bet you Michael Phelps beats her and that's okay you can yeah. still enjoy like I don't feel threatened by that yeah, you know? well, like, yeah. we're not trying threatened? to yes we're not trying like, to prove our superiority the way I that men watch are. I want to enjoy sports <laughs> like thank yeah. you title nine and like it made me I, so frustrated that's so uh, that would so when you mentioned on a text that you wanted to talk about this I was going to bring up that fucking yes alleged game but apparently yeah. did happen yeah Ugh. and apparently my mom said yeah all I heard was your dad saying well that's a sexist comment so I was like, good job, good job Dad. Rick. Good job, Rick. Who like was a women's basketball coach for over two decades. And like mm. we would go like watch games and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that girl's really good. I uh, she we played against her. And like, you know, he's always been a a champion of women's sports. But it's just like, mm. what? What? This is what you it's, spend it's literally your time like- doing? It's literally the most like insecure comment you can it's make. It's so Absolutely. dumb, and he was basically that's like okay. Th- for oh. instance, that's like being like, oh, um, I went to my uh, daughter's science fair, and you know she uh, we got first place in like a, a, a volcano. Okay, but um, she's not like solving world hunger. Okay, like, okay, yeah, I didn't say she okay. was. Your she son ate a bar of soap. Yeah, and he survived. <laughs> He's strong as hell. Yeah, it's and this so family member up. of mine was like, I mean, how how competitive can they be if they lost to a fifteen and unders team? I'm like, 
So what is your point? Your point is to undermine our national women's team. That is some Trump shit. And and, and therefore undermining like everyone else that they beat. Like this person. I'm trying not to like this person has fucking daughters. No, no. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing no. about the women's national team, too, lately, it's become, like, because they have, like, Megan Rapino, who's, like, you know, social justice warrior, and they have, like, they, they're doing the equal pay thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of Trumpers, a lot of conservatives think it's, like, the woke police on this team, and so they've actually been, like, rooting against this yes. team in the Olympics. Yeah. Like, it's so fuck all that noise. Fuck and, like, all. I don't care how much you try to tell me that, like, we lose to men in sports. Like, you're not going to convince me that we're inferior like women born yeah or people born in our bodies birth children go fuck yeah, yourself just, you're gonna tell me that you're insecure. stronger than us yeah nice try eat shit yeah, yeah. oh read my fucking um, labias carl and i both had the same um uh food poisoning recently and i just want to say i handled it way better than him <laughs> okay like there we're gonna talk about go. strength of bodies i threw up <laughs> once he threw up like six times so oh, who's wow. the strongest okay. person in our family also there like people Be. say your pain tolerance goes like way up after you've given birth it's possible boom um i can just pig- piggyback a little bit do on it this read my labias only in that uh, the news coverage has been so annoying. And granted, it's only the news I follow or somehow gets in front of me. Um, and I absolutely encase myself in a bubble. Um, but every headline I read about Naomi or about Simone, mm-hmm. like it was all like um, how to respond to the haters or how uh, why it's important to prioritize mental health or like always on the defense, right? Because everyone... Around the world, the men are like, well, I guess she's not much of an athlete if she had to blah, 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 prioritize mental health. Oh and we've God. heard this shit before and whatever. But what really grinds my gears, pardon my language, um, <laughs> is that like in the same breath, I see a headline underneath being like, the world is jizzing communally over the British swimmer who's knitting on the side. And I'm just like, oh, like... Like, the fact that, like, a man can be, like, getting into his feminine side and everyone's like, we love it. And a woman's protecting her mental health and it's like, she is weak. I'm just like, we have to stop covering some of this shit, you know? Like, we have to stop. We either have to, like, ugh, I don't know. I was just, like, it, granted, it's it's the things I follow. So, of course, they're going to love the man who knits. And, and there's positive like, there's positivity in that. And I'm sure there were bullshit haters that were like, what a pussy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like like the all all I read was like the world is is embracing this man for for doing this and being brave and the world is tearing Shocked. this woman down. I do feel I from what I read about Simone Biles was like nothing but positive. And I did see the occasional like this right-wing blogger went on a rant but also like hit himself in the balls and cried for 4 hours. Like, you know, whatever <laughs> like is that pain intolerant. But yeah. like I felt like the most of the world was actually like cheering on Simone, yeah. which I felt, which was awesome. Yeah. I felt like it was, it, to me, it just felt like. You said it felt like defensive. Yeah. Like, before you freak out. Kind yeah. Of thing. Or Ugh. because, because they were constantly quoting the shit talkers. Yes. Right? Like I feel like it was always putting no. the shit first. Yeah. Like, Stop promoting it. Stop. You don't need Stop this. Even a, responding yeah. to it stop quoting no, a breitbart article that no one fucking read yeah right. yes. yes quit giving them any Ugh, space so any true. read my labes that's mm. so good so true well that was a nice like uh post-olympics yeah, yeah. we're with it hey, are you just piggybacking onto both of ours yeah i mean that was i mean Can't really i'm let sure i'll have the something. dudes have it yeah, and I love men's soccer. I watch yeah. men's soccer probably more than women's soccer just because there are more opportunities to watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, what else? Also, like Christine say? Sinclair is the highest scoring soccer player of any gender in the okay, world. Okay, so maybe she surpassed Abby Wong. Yeah, probably. But it's yeah. like, yeah, that's not because like women are inferior, you fuckos. Yeah, and like, and like, she's a, an amazing people, athlete. Yeah, and people will say it's because women's soccer isn't so developed that like that you're often playing an inferior team. Like you'll play like, 
you know, Argentina, whose team isn't as good as like the Argentine men's team. Right. So there are more opportunities to score. But it's like, but no one ever, like if there was, if Leo, Leo Messi, who's like the amazing right. uh, Argentine male soccer player, no one puts an asterisk no. at all by any of the goals right. he scores. No. But when it's when it's Abby Wambach or when it's Christine Sinclair of Canada, it's like, yeah, but like they scored like eight goals because they played Thailand. It's like, yeah, yeah they did. Germany scored seven fucking goals because they played Brazil. But people aren't mm-hmm. putting an asterisk by their fucking goals. Boom. Eat Boom. shit. They're Eat always shit. going to put asterisks by our fucking shit. It's because so they want, because their masculinity is like based off of us being oh, inferior. Also, I've also heard the <gasps> uh, the theory that like, oh, the reason women score more goals in soccer, and maybe this is fucking true, but I don't fucking care. The reason women score more goals in soccer is because the goals are the same size, but the women are smaller. That's so dumb. So there's more opportunity. So goalies like, can't reach the fractionally. ball. Fractionally. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Really? I think oh it's God. because really? we I'm sorry work- your dicks are so tiny that you have to dig this deep yeah. to make yourself It's so true. Uh, I don't th- Again, I don't think it's a comparison. You can enjoy yeah. both sports. Yeah. They Why are you don't, even comparing? We're they not don't compa- actually compete. Like, no. the only time we compare is we're like, hey, could you pay us the same? Because our women have won, like, a gajillion yeah. more games. And they actually bring in more, like, viewership and, and stuff. And actually, yeah. we should be asking for more sponsors and because stuff? Oh. we're more successful. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how that. Also, like, also- I thought you were going to say that women score more goals because we work better as a collective. Mm, and we pass the fucking that, ball though. instead of caring about our ego and shooting dumb shit. And also, we don't flop all the time and take up goddamn twenty minutes of regular play, yeah. pretending like we our hurt shins. our ankles. Yeah. Um. On a positive note, did y'all see those cute photos of Megan Rapinoe kissing her wife after she played <gasps> yes. basketball? Yes. Super. Real sweet. Y'all, thank you so much for showing up to this podcast. If you are a new listener that has a unicornuate uterus or like a uterus abnormality, like fucking welcome. Oh um, you're in good company. You're in good company. We're so happy to have you. Uh, follow us on Insta. Uh, please become a patron. Buy our merch. We're always like so astounded and overwhelmed and grateful that we have all of you. Um and so we just we just love you next week we're so excited we have a very important bleeder an amazing uh comic that when i say up and coming i don't mean that she like is just starting i mean like you're gonna fucking know who this person is if you don't already it's danielle perez we're so effing excited to talk to her about her period yeah so join us for that Rate us, share us. We always love growing this community. And until next time, keep calm. And And jig jig and and jag. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. I don't even know. Stupid. Our theme song was written by Meg Trowbridge and performed by The Go Ahead. Find them at thegoaheadmusic.com. And our Vicious Psycho logo was created by Katie Newman. Find her at katienewman.online.